0: If you would take your Bibles to Colossians chapter three, we've been talking about the topic of sanctification, particularly the area of what we call progressive sanctification, or what many um, deem spiritual growth. As we accept Jesus Christ as our savior, we are what the Bible tells us is sanctified, set apart, positionally, we are no longer dead in our sins, but we're alive to Christ. Positionally, we are set aside in Christ. One day, we will stand before God face to face. We'll be with Jesus, and the Bible says we will see him, and we will be like him. We will have ultimate sanctification, um, and we will be free from the the dealings of sin here in this life. But as we, from the time we accept Christ as our Savior to the time we enter into eternity and are in the presence of God for all eternity, we are dealing with sin and we are going through this process that we call progressive sanctification. What happens oftentimes though is when somebody gets saved, it's like, okay, now I have to grow. Now the sa- salvation is a work of God in most people's mind and sanctification is a work in, of ours. And so we begin to put these building blocks uh, together, okay, if I I have to do this, do that, and do this, because I'm to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's what God is doing in our life through the process of sanctification. The issue, however, is, is sanctification becomes something that I'm doing, and the foundational principles of sanctification and spiritual growth are not there. So what we do is we build this structure really on the wrong foundation or the wrong mindset. So a couple weeks ago we looked at the first, what I called the first really principle of sanctification and that is intimacy with God. We must have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We turn from our sins and by faith we accept the free gift of salvation and we now have this relationship with God. And our spiritual growth doesn't uh, start with going to church and, and, and um, you know, giving to the poor and, and sharing the gospel. Our spiritual growth starts through an intimate relationship with God. And intimacy really has the idea of, of time and access time that we spent together, access to. We have the opportunity to boldly come to the throne of grace. We have access to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so that time, uh, that relationship with God has to be the, at the foundation of our life. And then we looked at the second foundation is dying to ourself. Dying to ourself. It's so easy for us to make our sanctification process about us. It's about it's about me and, and, and the things that I want to do and and the things that I want to accomplish and what I want my life to look like as opposed to what God wants for us. And so we have to get ourselves out of the way in what what the Bible calls dying to self. And in second in, in Colossians chapter three, we talked about being risen with Christ and the picture there of being crucified with Christ, the Bible tells us. And now day by day we're to die to ourselves, And as we come now to today, the third what I'm calling foundational principle of our sanctification has to do with our mind. In verse number 10, as Pastor Stein read these verses, Paul says, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. Renewed in knowledge. One of uh, the most popular verses um, for Christians to memorize and quote is found in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 And, and verse 1 tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice to God and when we get to verse 2 we're told to not to be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and Paul wants us to understand there's a difference between conforming and transforming. Being conformed and being transformed. And this really is one of the big struggles I see when it comes to the idea of spiritual growth and sanctification. Uh, It was true of my life early on. I'm a conformist. I I easily uh, conform to any environment, to any situation, to any expectation. So as a believer, when I first got saved, it was easy for me to conform to the rules of our Christian school, to the rules of the home when I was adopted, to the rules of our church, to the expectations. When I went to Bible college, um, you know, I barely knew what it meant to be saved, let alone to what it meant to live like a Christian. And now I'm on this Christian college campus and all these expectations. And, and listen, it was easy for somebody like me because I'm a, I'm a conformist. And, but, it, but there really wasn't the, necessarily the, the transforming that God wants for us in our life that comes through a renewing of our mind and so what's the difference between conforming to the world and being transformed both both require change both require submission both require some standard of measure for for our life but when we are conformed to the world What happens is we are allowing the world to change us, to be the standard against which we measure our life, and we are submitting then to its values as it molds us into the same form as everyone around us. And unfortunately, we see that happening outside the church. We even see that happening inside the church. It is amazing to me how much we allow the world to influence us and conform us to its uh, perspectives, its attitudes, its way of of, of thinking and expectation. We we don't want to stand out. So we want to look like everybody else because if we stand out, then we feel awkward and, and, and we feel peculiar and we, but people are staring at us or people are mocking us or they're laughing at us. So it's, it, it, we'd rather just conform than to be transformed. We even do that inside the church. We want to conform to, to be like everybody else. Now listen, I understand. I'm right about everything in life, so everybody should be like me, okay? Everybody should believe the way that I believe, and act the way that I act, and talk the way that I talk. And and, and listen, the reality is that that's not necessarily a true statement. God has created us all uh, uh, in His image, but we all have differences. And and even after we become become saved, we understand that God is working in us, and we're all at different stages in our spiritual life, and 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 those type of things and but so often we just simply become conformed to the expectations of, of what we're told in our life So when that conforming happens and maybe the people that told us to conform kind of fall away or fail We think well, it's not that big of a deal. They failed So what happens is the building blocks that we've built up on a wrong foundation crumble And crash. And we see this happen all the time. We see pastors that fall in sin. And what happens? People in their church, they get angry and bitter and they walk away from the church and say, well, I don't want anything to do with that. Because the foundation of their spiritual life and all that they built was wrong. It was on the conforming aspect as opposed to the transforming. You see, conforming means to press in from the outside. But God calls us to be transformed, which means to be changed from the inside out. One author said this way, conforming is a kind of change that causes us to behave according to socially accepted conventions or standards. It comes when external pressures are applied. On the other hand, transformation is a change from the inside out. It's what God does in us to make us more like Christ. Notice that, it's what God does in us to make us more like Christ. Most of us go through life being conformed to the world around us in ways both big and small. as ambassadors, God, God's call to us is to be transformed. And so Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we're not to be conformed to, to this world. And, and, and I know that the world has an impact on us. All of us act differently based on the world that we grew up in. We talk differently based on the the world that we grew up in. And a lot of uh, external factors go into making us who we are. And listen, it's hard. It's hard to let those go. Because sometimes we have to say, you know, our parents are wrong. Our grandparents are wrong. Our friends are wrong. And sadly enough, a lot of people are in churches today that are going to have to say our church is wrong because I've conformed to their expectations, and maybe their expectations don't line up with the word of God. And we'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But in, in, Rome, or in Colossians chapter three and verse two, Paul tells us to set our affection on things above. Now when we think of that word affection, we think about emotion like, like love. We, we say someone is you know, affectionate towards someone else, and that's kind of a, a picture of, of kindness and love that they show towards that person. But the word that Paul uses here is, is a word that doesn't describe emotion but it describes one's mind or intellect or, or thinking, and so even many other versions translate that word to set your mind on things above, or literally it means to mind those things that are, that are of God. Mind those things that are above God. So the idea here is focus on those things uh, that are above, because we, what we care about, we think about. What we care about, we, we think about. There, there's things in my life that are, I'm very passionate about and excited about uh, from family and friends to uh, things I like to do in life and I spend time thinking about those things. Like right now, we're starting basketball season this week and I have, I have spent countless hours um, watching videos, and studying our team from last year, and and I, I spend so much time uh, in the area of, of basketball. Why? Because I, I love it. I could do it all day long. I could watch the same game uh, from our team last year 25 times in a row, and it doesn't even get boring to me uh, as long as we won. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I want to get better, and, and I love basketball, so it's easy for me. Some of you, you would hate to have to sit through even watching a basketball game, because you could care less about basketball or maybe even sports in general and so that just to you seems like nails on a chalkboard you know to have to sit through something like that but 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 there's those things that you are passionate about and you love and you spend time focusing on those and and mentally thinking about those things and so as Paul's writing to us he tells us we're no longer to focus on the things of this earth and allow them to influence us or guide us, but we are to focus on things above and allow the things of God to have the greatest influence and have the influence and and to guide us in our life. You know, the the Bible has a lot to say about our our minds and the way we think. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says this, in verses 5 through 10 for they that are after the flesh he says do mind the things of the flesh that is the the same word that he uses in colossians chapter 3 when he says set your affection on things above in in romans 8 he tells us for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded because of righteousness. He gives us this contrast about being a believer and not being a believer and he says, those that are unbelievers and those that are in the flesh, their whole focus is on the things of the flesh, all that is temporal, all that is earthly. But those that are in the spirit, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their savior and re- received the gift of salvation, the spirit of God has, is now dwelling in them and they are of the spirit, they are of God. And so their mind, their affection should be on the things of God. And so the Bible talks a lot about our our mind and and particularly this idea of our mind being renewed. Renewed. And so as we go through this passage of Scripture, I want to deal with this topic of having a renewed mind. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and Lord, I do pray that if there's somebody here today that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, may today be the day that they, put, they turn from their sin and put their faith in Christ alone for salvation. But for those of us that are believers, Lord, I pray that, Lord, as we go through this process that we call sanctification, being conformed to the image of Christ, Lord, we would have a right foundation and understand the importance of, of our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3, look back with me if you would. He tells us, if you then be risen with Christ, in the picture there is those that have been saved, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection or your mind on things above, not on things of the earth for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God when Christ who is your our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I, I love those four verses because it really gives us this picture, okay, here now you're saved and there's coming a time when you are going to be with God in glory. There's coming a time when you'll be with him. And so there's this picture from the positional sanctification where we're saved to the the time when we have ultimate sanctification when we're with him in glory. And he says now between those two verses, he says, set your mind on things above. Your whole life could be should be consumed with the things of God. And so here's some things that you have to do if that's gonna happen. Number one, mortify the earthly. Put to death the earthly things in your life. Look with me in verses five through nine. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Paul tells us that our desire to look at earthly things instead of heavenly things comes uh, um, should be removed from our life as a believer we have to mortify, put that to death. This is something that we have to do on purpose listen. As you study scripture, the Bible talks about in, in 1 Corinthians 3, the difference between the natural man and, and the spiritual man. The natural man, he doesn't understand spiritual things, so he can't do this. Other places, Paul says, uh, this is who you were. You were in darkness. You did walk this way. You did live this way. And you did that because you were in the flesh. This is who you were, but that's not who you are anymore. And so now you are to the, 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 you are in the spirit. Now, you're still in this flesh and you're still dealing with the sinful issues of this life. So, you have to make it a priority. I have to make it a priority in my life to remove those things. Now, I know what some of you are doing. You're looking at that list and you're saying, I'm not a fornicator. Uh, Look at that list. I I don't do those. I didn't do those things before I was a believer. I definitely don't do those things now that I'm a believer. Fornication and inordinate affections, evil concupiscence. I don't even know what some of that stuff is, but I know I didn't do it. I mean, before you know, I know I don't do it. I mean, it just sounds so awful. And what we do in life is we put to death those big sins. Like there's the big. Like I'm not a murderer. Now, pastor, I know that God says, if you hate then in your heart, then you're a murderer, but I'm not a murderer, pastor. I, you know, I, I don't you know, commit fornication. I, I'm not an adulterer, and I don't cheat on my spouse and all those type of things. And, and we kind of have this big list of things. Well, I don't do those things, so I'm okay. And that's why Paul doesn't stop there in verse number seven, but he says, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of your mouth. You see, we kind of pick and choose in our whole process here of what, we're, uh, what we believe are the things that, okay, we'll, we'll put these off, but then we justify our anger and our wrath and our malice. We justify some of these other things that we don't view as necessarily big things. And that's where the problem comes in. Somebody will say, They'll blow up and they'll get angry. They'll fly off the handle, as they say. And, and we'll say, well, that's just who I am. No, that's sinful. That's of the earth. That's of the flesh. And you have to put those things off. And, and, and so what you're doing is you're allowing those things to still dominate your life. And, and so you're focused on those things and you're allowing them to be. And you're being conformed, really, to this world instead of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because as you renew your mind, you understand God hates those sins. And so therefore, we don't want them in our life. And so we're going to remove them so that we could be more like Jesus Christ. And so if we are going to, to have mind the things of God, we have to put off those things that God hates. That, that's what he says is of this earth. That's That which he says is of the flesh. Number two, then in verses 10 through 14, he says, then you need to live according to who you are live according to who you are. Verse 10, and have put on the new man. This is who you are in Jesus Christ, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so he brings us back to the mind. He says, now this is who you are in Christ. Things have changed, and now you need to learn and come to understand the reality of who you are in Jesus Christ. And and listen, this is why Listen, we talk a lot about discipleship and we have discipleship programs and, and we want people to grow spiritually because this is what happens so often is we, we'll share the gospel and somebody will, will profess to be saved and then we kind of just leave them there. And how sad is that for somebody to be left there when, when God wants them to grow and to understand and be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and, and God has commanded the church to, to help people learn these things and understand these things. And yet we so oftentimes fail in this area. But God tells us to put on by basically the renewing of your mind. We have to change our thinking. So he goes on to say where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in, in all. Listen, we're all the same. We were all, um, we, we were all born in sin. We all needed a Savior. We were all saved the same way. And now in Christ, we are all the same. And he says we all have to deal with this. So he says, put on then, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond... Of perfectness Paul tells us we need to cast off that thing that which is old but we need to put on it's really the idea here is we need to start living like a believer living like we are we have the Spirit of God in us and that we are God's children and we're we are in Christ and that's really the idea here we're to live like Christ we oftentimes call it our our testimony our testimony before others, and, but, but really the idea here is, is we need to be concerned with living for God, living like, living like a Christian. And so instead of justifying our sinfulness, we need to put that off and start living how God expects us to live. And then this is where I want to get to in verses 15 through 17. Number three, number three, we need to focus on spiritual things. Focus on spiritual things. This is where the mind really comes into to play. In verse number 15, he tells us, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We need to focus on spiritual things. Number one, we need to focus on who we are in Christ. We need to focus on who we are in christ you see when we focus on things of this world our peace is stolen from us now we have to admit we all have trials we all have struggles in life we, we all have problems and we live in a world that is filled with adversity towards us towards the things of god and that's that's happened throughout the history since man's sin it's the, it's the reality of the world that we live in but God wants us to understand as we go through this life, as a believer, we have peace with him, but we can have his peace as we go through this life. But we get so consumed with the earthly that we just constantly worry. We, we constantly have an anxiety. You know what? We constantly are living in, in sin, and so what we're worried about is, are we going to get caught? Are we going to get caught? Your, your kids live that way. You know, that they, they take... The cookie that they 're not supposed to take, or they, they disobey, and then they constantly worry and they wonder, you know how I know because that 's how I used to do it don 't look at me like that, you did the same thing, but that 's how we live like we do something wrong, and then we 're constantly worried, am I going to get caught? Am I going to get caught and so as we 're living in this sin and we 're minding earthly things there 's no peace in us, but when we 're focused and our mind is set on things above and and we're focused on, on the things of God, and we're, we're living for Him, and we're honoring Him with our life, there's, there's, there's just a peace that comes with doing right. And when we're focusing on being who God has made us in Jesus Christ, you see, when, when it says that we are to let the peace of Christ dwell in our hearts, it means that this peace should govern our minds. It governs our minds because everything about Jesus Christ is in focus, and it's our focus, and so we're not consumed and wrapped up. Yeah, we have to live in this world and deal with these situations, and I understand that, but, but so many of us are, we're consumed with getting our way, and so when we don't get our way, we get frustrated, and there's no peace. We're, we're consumed with our gain. We're consumed with how people treat us, so if you don't treat me right or the way that I think I should be treated, then I'm frustrated there's, there's no peace. You see, my peace in life doesn't come from how people treat me or what their view is of me or their expectations. My peace comes from my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so I need to focus on those things. And so he, he says we need to focus on spiritual things. Let the peace of God, remember who we are in Christ. You know, I, I always like to say, I came to realize a long time ago, you know, this world is as bad as it gets for me because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. When I leave this world, I'm in the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ. To die is what? It's gain. This world for those that are in Christ is as bad as it gets, but yet we spend so much of our energy and waste so much of our time consumed with the things of this world and we we, we don't set our mind on the things that are above. Focus on the things of God and our relationship with Him and in our walk with with Him. And so when it comes to the area of sanctification, what happens? Well, we, we put a building block up. Well, I'm gonna, bless God, read my Bible every day. You know, that is almost an impossible goal. Every day this year, I'm going to read my Bible, um, and then what happens? January 2nd gets there, and you fail. You're you, you oversleep. You're in. Something happens. January 3rd, you're sick. You, you, know, you don't feel like it. You don't have the energy, whatever. Just things happen in life, and so what happens is the building block was the priority, and so the building block, f- we failed, and so we get frustrated, And so, hey, listen, I think it's an admirable goal. I I set that goal every day of my life. I want to read my Bible every day. That's the goal that I have in my life. But you know what? If something happens and I have things that take the place in my life, whether it's through ministry or family or life, and and I miss tomorrow, it doesn't devastate me. The next day I'll jump right back in. Because the the issue is not the, the building block But it's the relationship that I have with God through Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of my life. And and my focus is on on the things of God and not not just accomplishing a checklist and doing the things here in life. So we need to focus on who we are in in Christ. Then he talks about the word of God. Look next with me if you would, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Number one, we need to focus on who we are in Christ. Number two, we need to focus on the Word of God. The, the Bible has to be a priority if we're going to grow and be conformed to the image of Christ. Well, I, I go to church, so I serve in the nursery. You know, I, you know, I pass out tracks. You know, Well, do you read your Bible? Well, you know what? I, I try to be kind and love people. Listen, God gave us his word to instruct us on how to be saved, but then how to live our life and to be conformed into the image of, of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, let, let, notice what he says there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The Bible has to be a priority. Throughout scripture, we're told to read it, study it. We're told to meditate upon it. We're told to memorize it. The the, the word of God has to be a priority in our life. We have to focus on it. And and listen, we get so consumed. We get so consumed with watching our favorite TV show. We're not going to miss it. Because we got to know what's going on or else we're going to miss the plot. All right. Now some of you are thinking, listen, there's DVR. We can go back and watch it or we can bring it up on Netflix or whatever. But some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You were there every Thursday night, every Friday night because your favorite show was on and if you missed that one episode, you wouldn't know what was going to happen with your favorite characters. And we made that, that that's a priority in our life. We got we to gotta get there to watch that and, or we got to get to that ball game. We got to be a part of that activity. We, 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 we make all of these priorities in our life and we're consumed by them. Listen, the word of God has to be a priority. We have to focus on the word, not only consuming it, but notice what he says, teaching, teaching, admonishing others, taking what we have learned and sharing it with others. We, we kind of lose sight of the, our responsibility there. We, we, we take in, we take in, we take in, but we, we also are supposed to share with others. Listen, it's not just the pastor or the teacher or Sunday school teacher. It, all of us as believers have a responsibility to take what we've learned and, and share that with others. That's a responsibility that we have. Because guess what? As we consume it and then we teach it, guess what? We're more focused on it. We're more focused on it. I, I learned a long time ago, you know, sometimes I'll read something and I don't get much out of it but then I have to teach it. So then what, that, what does that mean? I have to really know what I'm talking about. I have to study it. I have to really internalize it so that I, then I can in turn teach it to other people. You see, when I have to take what I've learned and, and, and share it with other people, they might ask me a question and I don't want to look foolish. And so, but the reality is, is the, more we, the more we teach others, the more we're studying it for ourselves. The more we're encouraged in our own life, but then also we're helping other people in the same area. And then number three, Focus on who we are in Christ. Focus on the word of, the word of God. And then focus on giving thanks. Focus on, on giving thanks. At the end of verse 15, he says, be ye thankful. And then in verse 17, he says, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Giving thanks to God, the Father by him. When we get to verse 17, a lot of times we focus on, okay, what we do, do in the name of the Lord. What we, what we do, because that's what we, we can quantify. We can get a hold of it's what we It's what we do. And, and the problem is, is what we do, a lot of times we do for me. We do for us. We do because it's part of our building system here. But Paul's emphasis here is, as, as believers, we focus on glorifying God and giving Him, giving him thanks. You know, I, I thank the Lord every day for several things. I have a list of things that I'm thankful for every day. Obviously, being a husband and a father is right on the list. But I thank God every day for being a, ba- being a pastor. I thank God every day for being a, a basketball coach. I thank God every day for the people that he's placed in my life through our our community because I have opportunities to influence. These are things that I'm doing in my life, but without God, I would not be able to do these things. And without God, my influence really means nothing. My influence really means nothing if God is not working in hearts and lives of people. And so I thank God all the time. As a believer in Jesus Christ, when my mind is being renewed and and I'm focusing on, on spiritual things, one of the natural outpourings of life is, is giving thanks. Because I I I come to understand it's Christ that works in me. It's Christ that's working through me. It's God that gives me these opportunities and allows this to happen as we understand. See, in the flesh, we think I'm doing this. I'm look at what I'm doing. Look what I'm able to accomplish. But in the spirit, and when we're focusing on spiritual things and our mind is set on things above, we understand it's not me. It's not me, but it's it's God that is working in me. So in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, Be not conformed to this world. He's not just talking about being conformed to the Hollywood movement. He's not just talking about being conformed to the pop culture movement of our day. You see, we create these little worlds in our, in our, in our sphere that we live, in, and we begin to conform, to conform to them. And so as long as I look like I'm supposed to look and walk like I'm supposed to walk and talk like I'm supposed to talk in the community that I live in, even in the Christian community, then I'm okay. Okay. And so what happens is a lot of people sit in churches just like this one, and they, they conform. That's me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a conformist. I, I mean, I, I can do that. And, and listen, we have to go from being conformed to being transformed. So the, it has to take place on the inside, which then ultimately changes to the outside. Now, I'll be honest with you. Our, our systems sometimes we set it up so, as long as you look right and act right and talk right, then we're we're okay with that, because you're meeting our expectations. There. But then we hear we have people ask questions all the time. Well, why do people leave the church? Why do teens leave the church? Why? Because they conformed, but there was no transformation. For for many of them, they conformed to being a Christian, but they've never uh, really truly been saved in their life and they've just gone through the motions. For others, they've conformed and they've never really been been transformed. So something bigger and more glamorous comes along and and so they they conform, they they like that better in their flesh and so they they go that direction because it's all about conforming instead of being transformed. Now, Now listen, I would look the way that I look and talk the way that I talk no matter what, not because of I'm a pastor at this church or the role that I play here, but because of the work that God has done in my life. And so we're not to be conformed to this world, but God is to do the work in our life. And that has to be at the foundation of our spiritual growth. Intimacy with God that comes through time and access, time we spend with him, the access that we have to him, the access that that he has to us. That, that, that intimacy has to, has to be there. Dying to ourself and then having our, our mind renewed. And the picture here is we're no longer focusing on things of this world, but we're focusing on things above. We're setting our mind, we're setting our affection on the things of God. Th- that has to be the, the foundation that the building blocks of our Christian life are placed upon. It can't be the opinions of men. It can't be our own viewpoints and our own understanding because eventually it's going to crumble down when life gets hard, circumstances change, we don't like something, it's going to crumble down. God has called us to be conformed to the image of Christ. It's what we call in the church Progressive, or, or what we call sanctification, spiritual spiritual growth. God saves us, and God does a work in our life for growth as well, that He has to be at the foundation of our spiritual growth.